We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. It's Wednesday and a whole new lineup here other than yourself, Patrick, with myself and Lawrence Connolly. Are we shuffling the pack? Is there going to be much shuffling tonight? Lawrence Connolly, what do you think? We better get a settled uh, centre-half pairing before the, the chance to win an eighth world record, eighth treble. That, that's a world yes. record. That is a world record. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get world no, record. No, I made up one. It's not like that aren't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so... I wasn't impressed with a lot at centre half. I'd rather see if you know go back to Kobe and Starfield, see what he can do. You know, Kobe's mm-hmm. at fault for the two goals at Ibrox, but I don't think we should write him off just yet. No. Whether it's the atmosphere for the first one, but Rustinus, the second one he just needs to be stronger. So I'd maybe go back with those two at centre half. Till at left back and Alistair Johnston's back in training. How close is he? That. You know, how close is he? So yeah, I, I think it's all about getting a settled defence just now. You know, we've got a chance to win uh, an eighth treble, another one for the, the trophy cabinet. I see this week, uh, last week, cabinet makers in Glasgow were puzzled by being asked to make a cabinet for bragging rights. This week, the Poundland aficionados have asked them to make a, a trophy cabinet for Toe to The Toe to Cup? Yeah. Is that like the Intertoto Cup? Is that similar? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, think it, I think it sits alongside the Beale League. 
All right, aye. the Kenny Miller Cup. It's honestly what it's it's absolutely uh, an impressive haul that they are managing to attain. We are going to be talking about tonight's game, of course. Um, he touched Ange touched on the central defensive pairing. He touched on the uh, rotation of some players. He also touched on the fact that um, you know what he does know is that we are champions, and that is why there is the tagline. Patrick, I'm going to come to yourself first. Now the way. I kind of operate the way I, the way I view media is that you know people try and separate media into mainstream and the alternative rebel media, fan media, whatever you want to call it, and it's existed for a long, long time. You know, you think way back to the old fanzine days, very, very influential uh, publications, particularly at clubs like Celtic, whereby you know whole fan movements, um, the roots of them were in you know fan media back then, which was the old paper, photocopied fanzines. You know, like not the view, for example, once a sell, always a sell. Um, and what you got from that was um, a, a way and a vehicle of sharing information, albeit on a monthly basis, Patrick. You know, for all the kids out there, you had to wait for a month for your updates. Um, but for example, our friend Jim Moore was um, instrumental in um, Selps, um, Save Our Selps, which was a precursor to Celts for Change, and we know that the street movement was a massive reason why, um, you know, the club was eventually saved and taken over. So I don't like to look at separating media other than saying, right, you've got bad media and good media. So I'm not going to sit here and slag off the mainstream, um, you know, and just tar everybody with the same brush because... What we've got here at Axon is we've got people like yourself, Declan, Amy, people like James who are all aspiring within that field. I'm not going to criticise that entire profession in one full swoop. What I would always say is there's good and there's bad. So I've seen really, really good mainstream and alternative media and really, really bad uh, within both groups. But I'll tell you something, that was painful to watch that press conference with Ange um, yesterday. It was painful to watch. I mean, the first two questions were exactly the same question. And you can see Ange, he's rolling his eyes. I mean, he's sitting there thinking to himself, why am I getting asked about Rangers? Why am I getting asked about Rangers' challenge next season? I'm on the cusp of history, as Lawrence has just said. What did you make of all that? Yeah, I think I only got about two-thirds of the way through it, and I thought, God, I don't know how much more of this I can take. And luckily, there was like fan fan media intertwined with, um, you know, a poor question by, you know, most you know, mainstream and sort of independent journalists. And as you said, I, th- I was listening at the first five minutes and I thought, they've asked the same question twice. It's a different back to person back. asking the same question. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're asking about um, uh, Rangers signings and who Rangers have let go and who Rangers might sign and how Rangers are going to do come <laughs> August and September. And you think to yourself, we've got Trophy Day, we've got Hibs uh, tonight, we've got yep. Trophy Day on Saturday, we've got a cup final, a national cup final the following Saturday, and then you've got two months of summer, and you're asking about, oh, about Rangers, and you think, oh, come on. And how many times does he need to bat it away as well? Because he was asked, I think he was asked about um, Bill's appointment back in November, and he goes, and the list of things at the top of my mind at the minute, that ranks below what I'm having for dinner tonight. <laughs> and you think, when you're when he's batting away so easily, he's been doing it for two years, and they still, yeah. they still persist with these questions that he doesn't care about, he's not going to answer them. And, you know, press conferences, um, so Alex Ferguson credits Jockstein with inventing press conferences, and I think Jockstein regretted it, because how much he hated it. And Ange doesn't seem a big fan either. Um, and it's good, you know, it gives, you know, people like us, people like Axom, other fan media, a chance to ask, you know, questions about player contracts or how the team's set up 
um, injuries. And you can get these updates if you're asking, you know, quality questions. But to be asked these sort of, you know, when papers want to run with a narrative or certain outlets want to run with some sort of narrative and you can get a comment to attach to it, he's just not going to entertain that sort of stuff. And the fact that it happens twice a week, everyone's just bored of it. And uh, it, it does become quite painful to watch. Yeah, and, and again, I totally underline and point out once again, I'm not saying uh, that mainstream media are all guff. Absolutely not. I'm not a journalist. The job they do is extremely difficult. They've trained for it over a period of time, and many of the people asking the questions are very experienced, and we're friendly with quite a lot of journalists, you know, um, who I, I rate really, really highly as writers and uh, broadcast journalists, and I, I would hope that more and more people like Amy come through the Axon ranks and uh, go on to, to bigger things elsewhere. However, Lawrence, when you go into a press conference, and you might have a list of some questions on your page, um, if, for example, you were second up and somebody's already asked your question, you certainly don't ask the same one. You think on your feet or, you know, you might have a few backup questions to ask, Ange, and, and you wouldn't focus on Rangers. We're, we're going into a week where, as Patrick says, we're going to be lifting the league trophy at the weekend. The following weekend, we're going for a historic treble. Why are you asking about Rangers? I'll, I'll tell you why. There's a couple of reasons. One, they know that Ange certainly has the measure of them. You know, and kind of what what he says will probably turn out to be true. And the media, large parts, are in denial. We didn't get much credit for four trebles in a row. They're on for an eighth treble world record. You know they're not going to give us record uh, or give us credit, but it's due. And it, they have to deflect because, you know, they're hurting. They don't want to admit it for them. You know, it is all about... Save Co, you know, oh, what do you think you can do? Well, well, not a lot. We're skint, our players are leaving, mate. But back to us, you know, we're going to win a, hopefully win an eighth treble and improve for Europe next next season. But as for, you know, asking the same question, you think they'd do some research. So look, I'm just making has been look pretty foolish for two years now. Don't want to look so foolish. Maybe I'll research five questions, six questions in case mine gets asked. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll ask something different. Because any time anyone asks them about Rangers, they, they end up looking a fool. Maybe I don't want to do that, but they don't seem to be learning. No, they don't, uh, Lawrence. And I'll tell you something that Ange does, and that is that he does. He's a very, and I've said this from day one, he's a quick learner. So when mistakes are made, um, he learns from those mistakes. And I think that, you know what, there's been a wee wobble. That's all it is over the last few weeks. There's been a wee wobble with this team. And um, I'm really I'm really delighted, actually, that we've got another game tonight. It's coming thick and fast. Get it out of the system. Um, we'll run through the areas of the team, Patrick, um, with a view to tonight's game also uh, to the, the cup final in a week and a half's time as well. Because he did pinpoint a few wee things that I thought were really interesting. Um, everybody talks about how do you maintain the intensity, how do you maintain momentum? And I think he's answered that question a couple of dozen times this season. <laughs> you get to your work every single day, you approach it the same way, uh, you make sure you're focused and prepared for every single challenge. You know, Rather than saying we take every game you know, as it comes, he, he, he breaks it down for everybody. And by the way, he had the guns out yesterday as well, Patrick. I was pretty impressed with, the, with Angie's guns. I mean, you've got him and John Kennedy to contend with. I wouldn't be asking him daft questions, that's for sure. Um, but let's start off with 
centre halves because Lawrence did, did um, focus on them at the top of the show, um, and we're in a situation where Carter Vickers had been managing or Celtic had been managing his injury, and at the very first opportunity he sent away for surgery, which is great, and hopefully we'll get him back in time for Champions League football next season. A um, couple of things. Firstly, and I don't think we had to be um, shown this over a period of two or three games, Carter Vickers is an absolute rock in the Celtic side, not just the defence, because as soon as the defence looks vulnerable, I think it affects the rest of the team. Uh, but also, we've tried two different partnerships since Carter Vickers went under the knife, Patrick, Kobayashi and Starfelt, Starfelt and Awata. And Ange was asked the question, and he came out with what we've been talking about all week, he wanted to try a wat out just in case there's a situation on the eve of a cup final where somebody pulls a muscle. And by the way, it might be Starkfelt. You know, so tonight you might actually see him trying a wata and Kobayashi so that every partnership, every possible partnership at centre half have played together so that when we go into that game um, against Inverness Cali, he's not thinking these guys don't know how to play together. You know, and he explained that. He didn't suggest that he might uh, drop Starfelt, but he's definitely using these games to see. Uh, the partnerships that he might have to be using come cup final day. Yeah, for sure. And you know, he, he said that he said as much as that yesterday. Um, obviously, you would like to think Starfield will be starting the cup final if he's fit. Um, but you know, as you say, he could pick up an injury tonight or on Saturday. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. Uh, Touchwood. But um, as you say, you know, he, he's trying out different options. You know, Kobayashi played at Tyne Castle and the Ibrox. Um, I thought. I think Kobayashi looks quite good until those two games. I thought he looked a bit shaky at Tynecastle. I thought Celtic looked a bit shaky for the first half hour, actually. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, obviously, Ibrox, a bit of a bit of a disaster of a game, you know, for the whole team. But, um, and then, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm, you know, anyone who knows me knows I'm not a fan of playing players out of position. You know, we've had McGregor at left-back and umpteen different wow. locations and it mm-hmm. never tends to work. Um we were forced into all sorts of changes when Ange first came in. Uh, you know, you had um, you had a playing centre half, and I think I remember Armstrong being moved to right back against Mulder under Ronnie Dial and all this. So I'm not a fan at all. So I, I didn't like that when I seen the team lineup, and then you know having Ralston get into a bit of a muddle for the first goal against uh, St. Mum, and you know in both games I've, I've got a bit of sympathy because. You're losing an early goal within five minutes, and it can it can you know hit your confidence and sort of it rocks your game plan a bit. So mm-hmm. I have sympathy for for both him and Kobayashi for that, but um, I wouldn't say either of them have passed the test the last two games. Um, so you know, for all we know, I might see Stephen Welsh tonight um, if he's fit, um, and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on because I thought in August he sort of hit the ground running. I thought maybe he could challenge for a place, and then you know. Had a few bad games in Europe, I think, and just totally bombed out the squad ever since then. So it's it really is, you know, the, the jersey's there to be played for. Sort of play your way into the team for that other centre half spot because, you know, without uh, Carter Vickers, it really is. You know, I think there's a bit of a bit of a gap, a bit of a uh, gulf in the squad um, between you know the starting two and just just about any other option. Listen, that that's one of the things all season we've been talking about, Patrick, and we've said that you know you've got to kind of aim to have two players in every position. And um, maybe until recently, I felt that we probably did in many of the positions. And then um, the backup, if you like, the the second stringer, is asked to step up, and it's not kind of looked um, as fluid. I don't think uh, our tempo has been there um, either. And I think that when you look at the uh, potential for let's say, a water 
I think because of you know, Andy's words, if that was to come up, we, we know the reasons why. It's not because he's dropping Starfelt. You know, it's, it's simply because he wants to make sure there's an understanding between all the partnerships come deadline day, come D-Day, Scottish Cup final day. And Liam, Liam Carrigan was talking yesterday. I'm a bit like Patrick. I don't like seeing players out of position. Um, however, what Liam was saying is that, you know, it's within, you know, the very roots of Japanese football where players are taught to play in a number of uh, positions. So you've got Maeda. doesn't matter if it's left, right or centre. Literally, he will play anyway, anywhere up up top. You've had Hatati playing fullback uh, before he, he came to Celtic. And that's the way that they like to, to build their players so that, yeah, they might have a favoured position, Lawrence, but if they need to play centre-half, then they can. Um, I, I had my concerns as well as trying out a water in case there's any injuries for the cup final, I also felt, like Patrick says there, that Kobayashi wasn't at his best against Hearts or indeed Rangers. And maybe the worst thing that could have happened is for him to be bullied by Curtis Main. You know, so it would have been three games on the bounce that he's maybe not played so well. So you put a Wata in there, although he doesn't have the height, he's got the physical presence, doesn't he? And again, even he struggled against uh, uh, Curtis Main. How do you see it going tonight? Because obviously we're going to focus on the Hibs game. So how do you see the centre-half partnership tonight? Do you think we go with safety with Starfelt? Or do we try the other one, Kobayashi and Iwata? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I would go with Kobayashi and Starfield. We don't have many games left before the cup final. I get what you know, saying there could be an injury. Well, there mm. could be an injury at any point, and, and where does it leave you? So he's tried a lot out. I don't think he looked anywhere near as comfortable as Kobayashi looks. And, you know, if you're saying three games in a row, could I get Kobayashi's confidence down? What's it going to do, you know, when he knows he's supposed third choice centre half? And if he doesn't play two games in, in a row? So, yeah, I, I would put him in tonight. Yeah. We want to try and get them settled and get before the cup final. You've seen a water there, you know. If we, maybe if we get two or three up, make the change, push a lot on and, and get Kobayashi off. But yeah, I'd start with Kobayashi and Starfield. Excellent. We obviously know that they, they're tuning into Axon right now before they pick that team, Lawrence. That's why we're running through it. Jungle well, Lion sitting with Ange in the West End at the moment. Declan, yes, <laughs> is having a wee mock up. Poppy, mate, in the, uh, yeah. the Oh, I know, I know. I don't know who's who's stalking who. Uh, Jungle Lion, you're in quick off the mark. You're on the YouTube channel. Anyone who is watching on YouTube, do us a favour and sub- subscribe. Um, and also, give us a big thumbs up because um, normally we're six, seven, eight hundred deep uh, live on the live streams and the big thumbs up always help us. But there's another thing we're going to say um, and we'll probably put something on the blog over the next couple of days. I think the 25th of May would be a good day to do it. Um, we released a single in December. There is only one member of the Axiom team who appears in the promotional video, Patrick, and he is on this uh, on this stream and it's not me. Um, but the Wakes uh, teamed up with Axom and Carly Connor and we recorded a single called The Glory and the Dream, which is all about the heritage and the foundations of our magnificent football club. And we took a walk, didn't we, that morning, Lawrence? In fact, it was in the morning. When did we meet? 
was it quarter to six in the morning or something? Five forty-five. Yes, yeah, something took, like that. Yeah, yeah. and we took it's a trip from. It was very early. You were the only one that made it. Um, a trip from Celtic Park all the way down to St Mary's, and uh, everywhere in between. Well, that video now is. Let me just check. Twenty-four thousand nine hundred and fifty-three views which is quite astonishing, right? So what I would love to do is for that to get 25,000 views by the 25th of May. It would be only fitting. Um, and with these things, I'm not in the music business, Lon, so I don't know how to release a single, but we did it anyway, right? And uh, we did it through a company called Ditto. And what happens is you get paid a quarterly royalty check. It doesn't happen physically these days, but it still sounds good to say it's a royalty check. And every single penny that comes in is being donated to St. Mary's. We've already raised um, over the two fundraisers in the region of 34, 35 grand. So what we'll do is we'll give all the figures and everything. We'll put it all in a blog and let you know how that's worked. Um, and it was as well as that, it's a fantastic tune. It was written by um, Gary John Kane of The Proclaimers, that's who gave us that lovely tea towel of sunshine on leaf. We're playing Hibs tonight. Um, and also JJ Gilmer of the Silencers Lawn. So you played a part in the video and everybody who tunes in or watches that video or downloads the song plays a part in raising cash for the birthplace of Celtic. Yeah, absolutely great. And I know uh, Thomas, or, or Canon Thomas, he's known these days, is grateful for every penny, you know, to help the parish. You know, it's, a, it's not the most well-off area. So, yeah, he's, he's very grateful of any help he gets. Interesting, you know, the Scottish Catholic Museum will be relocating there as well. Was that a, a talk by Dr. Michael Connolly that wrote the book Walfred and Paul yeah. McQuaid of the Shamrock? They, they gave a talk in the Carlton about uh, Michael Davitt and Brother Walfred yeah. uh, and just highlighting, you know, that area and what was going on at the time when the club was being founded, the importance of St Mary's to Celtic and its existence. Absolutely. And, you know, it's great every so often, like the, the mass for Angorton War, Lawrence, it took place before the game on Saturday, constantly reminding us of the importance of St Mary's. And um, the, the money that's been raised by uh, Axon listeners is just absolutely stunning. And in association with the penalty spot, uh, the next fundraiser is going to be an online auction. Um, and the penalty spot have provided us with a number of auction items that we're going to be um selling over the next 10 days or so, um, you know, and that's going to take in Trophy Day in the Scottish Cup final. So hopefully it's a good time to raise a few other quid and you might get a really nice signed item because the stuff they do down in Saw Street is quite phenomenal. I'm pretty sure Lawrence Connolly will agree with that because you're never out of the place. Jungle Lion. But, but, and but a great... Not just in Saw Street. I mean, uh, on Saturday, we're going to be down at the Peter Scarf uh, for Trophy Day. And we'll, we'll be, uh, there's an evening on there. So Kevin and his uh, memorabilia will be there. Saturday night. Remind me, is that Coat Bridge? It's Linwood, mate. It's Linwood. Uh, St James's uh, or St Monica's or St Bartholomew's up Coat Bridge. But uh, no, uh, P- Peter Scarf, obviously named after one of Linwood's most famous sons. Uh, great club, great club in Linwood. So if you haven't been to the Peter Scarf, get along for an away game that you don't get tickets for or even a home game you don't get tickets for. Highly recommend it, you know, for a day out of the Scarf. You get about, Lawrence, I'll tell you something. Jungle Line, thanks for joining the show. I'll get to you eventually, my friend. And a great dig at them as well. We're talking about Ange yesterday with nothing to play for for the rest of the season. Did you catch that, Patrick, where he's talking about every team in the league bar Celtic and Rangers? I've got not, I've got something to play for. It's just the way he does it. It's so subtle. I, it, I think it was five or six minutes in and um, I think it was 
he, I think it was about the third question or something. He sort of, he, 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 he didn't lose it, you know, but he was sort of, he was clearly getting fed up. And, uh, you know, he was saying, you know, I can't, what can I change? We come in, we do the analysis, we, we, we recover, we, we talk about training, talk about the game, prepare the way that we always prepare. And, you know, one thing I do know is that we are champions and, you know, we've done our job and we can't wave a magic wand and pretend to the players that we're not champions. They know that the league is all wrapped up, you know, and we've got nothing to play for. And obviously, in another answer, he goes, yeah, Hibs will be interesting because us and Rangers have got nothing to play for. And aye, he, he's quite good at getting those digs in. He's, he's quite clever. Um, he likes to take his time with his answers. So I quite good from the big man. And uh, you know, it's it, hopefully we can make it. A, you know, as Lawrence says, a really special season, our, our eighth treble, our, our world record. Um, you know, it's it's just phenomenal when you think back. You know, only seven years ago, when you know it was you know sort of Rogers came in, and it felt as if the club was on a bit of a low point, even though. Our rivals were coming up from the lower leagues as a as a new entity. It felt like a bit of a downer because we'd been beating uh, cup competitions, Europe, and you know we went this magnificent run, four trebles in a row, and we thought, right, that was unbelievable, once in a lifetime, never be done again. And here we are, you know, we're, we're one game away from it against a lower league side, um, who personally I think we need to get revenge over um, for. April 2015, you know, I, I think we should dedicate this to Ronnie because he was cheated out of one in his first season. That's that's my view anyway. Um, and you know, I think it's I think it's payback time. I think that's an extra incentive for the players. Um, you know, it'll only be McGregor and Forrest that remember that. But mm. um, I am I'm doubly excited uh, to to win the game if we do win the game because uh, it'll be a special day. It definitely will be. Um, and you're talking about the preparation where you go into a dressing room or you go to the training ground and everybody knows that you're the champions. And John Clements comes in to talk about that as well. Yes, it is, Leonard Cohen. Human nature, says John, when you train mentally and physically to run a race and you cross the finish line as a winner, you drop your pace and jog on the lap of honour. You can't fool yourself. The race is not over. Absolutely. And then it's all about preparing for that big cup final that Patrick's talking about. And um, Dylan O'Donnell, uh, apologies if I've already given you a shout out. I don't think I have. So afternoon to you as well. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. We're 600 strong in the live stream. Um, and I really am looking forward to hearing your thoughts on Ange Postacoglu's uh, press conference yesterday, the game tonight, and obviously looking forward to Aberdeen and then the Scottish Cup final and then the pre-season. And we're talking pre-season whereby there could be a lot of incomings and outgoings, Lawrence. And I think that this is a big thing when you look at our playing squad. I always remember, um, you know, in, in previ previous seasons, you'd be looking at that home programme and our playing squad sometimes looked like twice as big as the, the visiting team. I, I think we've been a lot kind of leaner under Ange. There hasn't been a massive playing squad but a big part of that is you know you've got a dozen players out on loan and um, I think that there's a lot of business to be done to free up those wages but also we're going to be getting uh, quite a lot of cash coming in should the likes of Tierney move on should the likes of Frimpong move on we will already have a budget and potentially one or two bodies might be out the door as well so we could be playing with quite a big bounty this summer yeah, I'd expect so. You know, and it's champions with automatic entry into the Champions League. You know, we've got that cash coming in. But, you know, 12 players out on loan, you'd want to move on a lot of them. I, had, I think a Yeti's picked up an injury. Hopefully it's not too serious. Hopefully we can still move them on. But I, I think, you know, for the majority of those, all by one or two, Ange has already decided 
you know, your future's not at Celtic. So it is really just about getting something back for them, freeing up some space. More interested than who's going to come in, though. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, Joe Hart's getting on. We've maybe showed we're maybe not as strong at centre-half as we thought we were. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Nuggets fans can find yeah, this summer. I know there's been some clubs, players in Exodus, players leaving for free. I don't think any of them would improve our squad. You know, that's a positive, though, isn't it? I mean, that's part of the Beal revolution, you know? It's certainly a revolution, you know, to let that amount of assets walk away for free in a one season. I've not really seen that approach from a football club, but, you know, what do I know? I mean, they, they ran the last one so successfully. Who am I to, to stop them yeah, with this kind of financial planning? But how can you turn that into a positive? It's incredible. And that's what we're, that's why we're talking about um, the fact that Ange has been asked these questions. It, it's not a positive. It can't be looked upon as a positive. But if they want to create that and delude themselves, then that's fine because it makes us even stronger. Danielle, I'm bringing you in here as well. Um, let me know what your thoughts are, Danielle, on the Joe Hart situation. We've been talking about Joe Hart uh, over the last few weeks. It started off, I think, two weeks ago where I was singing his praises. Um, I was asked to give my view on Joe Hart. I was going on about how much of an impact he's made at Celtic. And I think that over the last few weeks, I've been looking at not just Joe, but the goalkeeper situation um, and what we should be doing in the summer. And I've made my, my point pretty clear. I do think we need to bring in another goalie. Whether or not he displaces Joe Hart immediately, I don't know. But I do think he needs a challenge. Ange made an excellent point, says Daniel, yesterday. If uh, Kobayashi gets injured, then we would need a water at centre-back. So he tried it against St Mirren to let a water and Starfield get used to each other. And I think that's maybe why, you know, the flip side of that, Patrick, could well be Awata and Kobayashi. Um, I know that Awata had played centre-half uh, over in Japan. He looks a much inferior player to me than he does in midfield because I think he's he's brilliant in midfield. I really, you know, I've I've been really impressed with him when he's played in the midfield position. But let's talk fullbacks. So over the last few weeks, Patrick, we've seen uh, obviously Ralston coming in for Johnston. We've then seen Johnston back in training, and in the left back position, we've seen runouts for Burnaby and Taylor. Uh, what do we do tonight? And when you look at the situation with Johnston, as much of a warrior as he is. I'm always reluctant also to bring in a player that's not 100% fit, especially for a big game like the Cup final. Yeah, but the sounds of things, you know, yesterday was his first training session back. Uh, I think Andrew's, you know, he, he all but sort of ruled him out of tonight's game. So I think, you know, maybe the weekend is where we might see him come back in, even if it's, you know, off the bench or something. But, you know, hopefully he should be absolutely fine for the Cup final. You know, a, a week and a half, you know, a, 11, 12 days or so, I think, you know, with it being a cup final last game of the season, I think you can take that risk. Um, and as I say, maybe you can see him at the weekend, but not tonight. But I'll be honest, you know, we've all we've all came round on Ralston the last the last two years. You know, he totally turned his career around. You know, the minute that that Ange walked in the door. But I've been really unimpressed. You know, ever uh, over the last couple of weeks when he's been deputising for Johnson, I think he's been uh, quite poor. You know, not a disaster by any means. You know, the, one or two. You know. The, the first goal for St Mern at the weekend there was pretty poor and it's a, sort of joint responsibility between him and Kobayashi not communicating. Apart from that, there's been no standout errors, but I think just, you know, very poor going forward. Um, he's obviously still got his physicality about him, so defending, he's, he's still quite solid, but I'm not sure. I, I think we could get better. 
you know, it might not be top priority, but I think he's he's definitely been suffering from a dip in form the last couple of months. Um, Taylor, you know, he's he's not played badly. I thought he, he had a poor game at the weekend, but you know, he was sort of he's been sensational the past you know twelve eighteen months. Mm-hmm. Last couple of games, I think just like the, the whole squad really just been a bit been a bit off it, and obviously Burnaby had a bad game at Ibrox as well, so. I've been saying, you know, ever since that that three 0 defeat, it has been a bit of a wake up call. Maybe not for Ange, you know, he said that in the presser yesterday that he knows what his players are capable of. He sees them every day. It's not a wake up call at all. Um, but I think maybe maybe a few of the fans, you know, I include myself in that. Absolutely, we sort of get a bit carried away going on about how strong the bench is, how strong the squad is, mm. and maybe it's not as strong as what we thought it was. Um, you know, even guys like Abada played at Ibrox and. You know, as one chance could have done better, didn't make much of an impact. It's, I think it is a bit of a reality check, and it just in time as well for the summer. You know, because there's definitely a lot of areas where we can look to improve. See the thing, Patrick. Right when we win the treble under Martin O'Neill, what do you remember about that season? Well, you don't remember the the couple of games in the league that we lost after we wrapped the, the title up. You do, you don't remember them, right? It's a footnote in Celtic's history. You can go and check the wiki for the details, but you certainly don't. They're not anything that you. They're not go to games, and we go out and we beat Dunfermline in the Scottish Cup final. So it's a bit, it's quite similar to that, Lawrence. But I, I think what Patrick's saying about Ralston is true. I mean, he, we have seen his evolution as a Celtic player. I remember seeing his debut in actual fact, he was only 17. Uh, obviously, Axon wasn't around back then because, you know, that was maybe about seven years ago he made his debut now. And uh, although we are about to celebrate our sixth birthday next month, incidentally, Axon, um, and we've seen Ralston being written off, getting thrown in for the odd game here and there. Um, he's been out the team for 18 months before eventually coming back for one of those games post-Dubai, I think it was against Livingston at home, when uh, Gavin Strachan was in charge. Remember that? Bizarre days. Um, but then Andrew's shown a bit of belief in him. And I think he's repaid that. And he's become a bit of a cult hero, I think, certainly amongst the Axom team as well. But I remember last season he'd been out for a wee while. And when he came back in at Fur uh, Park, he was rusty and he was kind of performing the way that he's performing now. And I just don't know if it takes a, a wee while for these players to come back to full fitness. And although I know things have changed, Lawrence, I don't know if you remember the conversation we had with George Conley um, when we were doing one of our, our kind of signing events with him. He used to speak about uh, half a dozen games was the magic number. It was like, if you've been out injured, it takes you six games to get right back to your peak performance. So you're match fit, you can play the game but you're not at your peak. And he reckoned back then it was about six games. I don't know if it's as many as that with Angie's team, but it certainly is a bedding-in period to get back up to your peak fitness. And I think that's what, what Tony's suffering from at the moment. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Yeah, yeah definitely does a, a better input piece. You know, Frank McGarvey used to say if he was out for a week, it'd take him two weeks to get back. Mm. Right on, he'd out for two, it'd take him four. What but, was what was Frank's pre-match meal, though, Lawrence? I, I'm not too sure, you know. That was when they used to have ste- steak and chips and all that. Before a game. On the bus about, uh, you know, looking out the window at cows and ending their lifestyle. <laughs> but, uh, no, I think maybe Ralston's suffering from the fact that the gap between him and AJ is now bigger than the gap between him and Juranovic was. You know, I think AJ's quite a big upgrade in, in Juranovic. And it shows more now when Ralston comes in. You know, because I think it was a lot closer to uh, the previous first choice right back. I think, yeah, there's a bit of rust there. What does the future hold for Tony? You know, he's not first choice. So no. how do you improve your squad? It's upgrade your second choice players. So as your first choice becomes second choice, you get a new first choice. Would definitely improve things. So I'm not too sure what the future is going to hold for Tony, but he's been a brilliant servant and improved everyone wrong, you know, at the club. So, yeah, he's been cracking for Celtic. You just, it, it, it's something he may be, we may be looking to change in the summer. Who knows? You think? You think? You know, yeah, the one aspect. How do you improve your squad, mate? You know, and it is improving, you know, if you've got somebody better than AJ and he dropped down to your, your second choice, there's no doubt that that's improved. You've got to improve your weakest in those two positions. Where the squad is just now, I don't think we should be buying second choice players. It's first choice. And, and when you look at, you know, Joe Hart, great servant he's been to us, but would you take, a, you know, a young Arthur Boric just now like he was when we got him, or a Fraser Foster when we got him over on loan, on loan first time around? And I'd say, yeah, I'd take both of them over Hart just now. So I, I think it's buying players for the first team and, but the nature of that, that pushes someone out yet in the second place, mm-hmm. which means what you do with your second place guy. You may have to move him on. The one thing I would say in Tony's defence, uh, when you're talking about you know, comparing him to, uh, to Johnston, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this, both Patrick Lawrence and anyone else tuning in in the comments section. I think Ralston is still a better crosser of the ball. I think he's still better at the distribution element of the game. Um, I see so many times Ralston hitting that that byline and getting up, you're fizzing a ball over. Um, he's had a number of assists. I think that's one element of his game. I'll, I'll ask you first, Patrick, that, that Ralston still actually has over um, Johnson. Um, I'll be honest, it's quite close. Um, I, I, I've quite liked Johnson's delivery recently, um, you know, since he's came in, but uh, I, I wouldn't dare slag Ralston off. Or, you know, maybe I should actually, because the last time I said he was a bad cross for the ball, he put one right on Kyogo's head to open the scoring uh, early mm-hmm. in the season. So, um, you know, he, he likes to prove me wrong when I slag his crossing. So, I definitely, I used a terrible cross for the ball. So, no, I'll need to go AJ. <laughs> Colin Watt used to love our former right back in Maurice Bill, and I always thought he was good at distribution. Um, it was something that didn't really like crosses, uh, Lawrence was a goalkeeper in our area. Uh, Pat Bonner, whose birthday it is today? Do you know what age uh, Pat is? Pat, so, oh, so about 78, he was 18, wasn't he? So when it's 17, 18 and 78, so I'm going to go, that's, that's two, that's 22, that's 43. 
I'll just bring up some comments. 60. Right here. 63 today, Pat Bonner. 63. And he has uh, made it, of course, into the uh, the top appearance list in terms of Celtic players of the past. He was around for absolute forever. He was Remember we were last signing. Italian night and we were going to free him. Or, or he was out of contract and then he had a great Italian. It was USA 94. Was it USA 94? He was the only player, Lawrence, in the entire World Cup who didn't have a club. He'd actually been freed and it came up when his name came up on the screens, unattached. And he was meant to be going to Kelly, whose manager at the time was Tommy Burns. Yep. Lou, Lou McCarry was at the World Cup, even though Fergus told him not to go. So he went anyway. McCann gets rid of him. Burns comes to Celtic. Burns gives Pat Bonner a new deal. Brilliant. Because the other player was Charlie Nicholas. He was freed as well. And Tommy brought him back for the experience. So And uh, Bonner ended up playing in the 95 Cup final after being freed um, about about a year and a half before that. Brilliant. So there you go. Pat Bonner, 63. What was your big memories of him? He was just the keeper that I kind of grew up with. Always, you know, it was him in Latchford to start with. And, you know, know, you're aware he's Steen's last signing. You know, it it wasn't the best at crosses, but... He just seemed to be another present in that team, you know, through the A's, didn't he? He just seemed to always be there. And he was always there. Try to replace him, you had guys like Ian Andrews who came in. Actually, Alan McKnight was okay for a, a small period as a backup keeper, wasn't he? He was good, but he needed games. I remember we yeah. signed Alan McKnight and Anton Rogan. They both came over from Distillery in the north of yep. Ireland. You remember the, the pair of them came over. I think we probably paid about 20 grand for each of them. And uh, both of them ended up full internationals. Uh, McKnight was a, maybe a surprise inclusion in the ninety-eight, sorry, the eighty-eight cup yeah. final. You'll remember, yeah, um, and that brilliant yellow goalie top. But he ended up. He was that yellow green him. pads? Emerald green pads? Whatever happened to the pads on goalie tops, Lawrence? Remember the elbow yeah. pads and the shoulder oh, pads? You just maybe get tougher these days. They don't need the protection. I don't know. <laughs> Aerodynamic. Honestly, Patrick, these things were heavy as anything. Big, proper Alan Ruff goalie tops. Uh, but Alan, Alan McKnight wanted yeah, game time. For his Ruff, actually. He came Ruffy. for a bit as well. He did. I mean, he did. Amish yeah. McAlpine. Amish McAlpine played two games for Celtic. Yeah. There you go. Uh, in the pre-season. Oh, 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 was ever present. All these keepers were in as well, I suppose. Uh, they were. They came and went. They came and went. There's a great picture, though, and it's a training image in the early 90s. We'd done a blog yesterday. It was quite... It was interesting looking through some of the um, the research when I was editing it. And it was about, uh, you know, a number of players who got away. And it, there's a great picture in the early 90s, and it's Pat Bond. They're at Barrafield, right? So they're caked in muck. Now, what was the name? What was the name of the the uh, the goalkeeper? Coach? Who was uh, the goalie coach? Though? Joe Corrigan. Joe Corrigan Joe was Corrigan the goalie coach. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, Joe Corrigan. Bradfield, Bradfield. Shea Given. Gordon Marshall. Yep. Pat, Pat Bonner. Bonner. And I think Stuart Kerr. Stuart Kerr. Um, yeah. Aye. We kept three of those. <laughs> <laughs> they kept three of them. One of them wasn't Brad Friedel, who ended up playing until he was about 45 at the top level. And one of them wasn't Shea Given, of course, who went on to great things as well. But there you go. But, you know, check out the blog. Axom.net is going to be updated every single day. We're going to have blogs. Um, and the one I was looking at yesterday, uh, which I found really interesting, Patrick, how do you replace Henrik Larson? So we were talking about that season where we lost a couple of league games. That That's the season we're talking about. You're going into, um, you're, you're going to go and play Dunfermline. Uh, athletic in the Scottish Cup final, you know that Larson's leaving. And you think, how do you replace this guy, right? And at that point, if I remember correctly, Barcelona hadn't been quoted. That happened after, you know, the Cup final and all that. I might be wrong on that one. And then 
this story breaks that we're trying to sign Rivaldo. We're trying to sign Rivaldo, um, who's a free agent at this point. And O'Neill, as O'Neill does, he offers him a trial. So it would have been Rivaldo under the name Trialist <laughs> for Celtic, which is tremendous in itself. And uh, we asked, uh, you'll remember, we asked O'Neill about that and we asked him about uh, Ivan De La Pena, who was over as yes, a trialist. Yes, as well at the time, yeah. He played two games, uh, two bounce games against Livy and Dundee. When I asked Martin O'Neill, he can't even remember having him over. And it, <laughs> I just thought, super. So check out the blog. We ended up, of course, with Wee Janinho, but we were in the we were in the hunt for three different uh, Brazilians. But there you go. We've gone on a, a wee tangent there. Pat Bonner, that would have been before your time, Patrick, I'm guessing. Aye, long before, long before. <laughs> You'll just remember him I, as I, a pundit. Could do. I'm always keeping my mind there. Say that again. Rovers we signed them from. Kid Rovers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I think uh, Sean Fallon's dad had something to do with the transfer. Sean Sean right. Fallon's dad, who was actually called John Fallon, no relation to the Lisbon Lion. John. Yeah, the he was um, the original uh, holy goalie. So uh, Sean Fallon's dad, I think, got got uh, Pat Warner over. He was homesick. He played his debut game. He had an absolute nightmare against Motherwell. It looked as though he was going back over to Ireland. And then, of course, he was here for about 20 years. A massive hero uh, in Ireland as well, obviously. But uh, another player I wanted to talk about before we get back into tonight's um, lineup, uh, we've only got 20 minutes left, Tommy Rogic. Tommy Rogic has been freed by West Bromwich Albion. And he's a player, it's kind of just not worked out for him after Celtic. You know, it was maybe quite a surprise that um, he was he was uh, allowed to leave when he was, Patrick. It was a bold move, I think, from Ange at the time. Uh, we probably could have kept him. And they had an understanding through the international care pre-Celtic Farange um, of what Tom could do, but he's now without a club. Does that surprise you? Is it you know just been a bad decision by him? Yeah, it was. It was definitely a strange one at the time. You know, if if you, you cast your mind back, you we sort of relied on Roderick Turnbull and McGregor for the first half of uh, Angie's first season, and you know we we eventually get you know Hatati and Adaguchi in, and you feel there's you know you you get your three week you sort of sort. It was like COVID slash winter break time, if you remember, just after Boxing Day. And you felt as if like, we're rested, we've got extra bodies in, we can sort of go again here. And you felt as if we we're developing a, a top quality squad. And then all of a sudden we get rid of two midfielders at the end of the season and beat on and Roger. And you thought, well, we're going to end up short here again. Because um, it's not as if it's not as if he was in and out of the squad. He was, he's a regular starter last season, uh, as far as I can remember. Played a lot of games. And Ange finally got him playing 90 minutes. You know, he used to get hooked after 60 right. uh, under, you know, uh, Dial and Rogers, and never wasn't really part of the squad under Lennon. But, you know, Ange got him 90 minutes. I mean, he had to play 90 minutes the way the, the first half of the first season panned out. And it was a bit of a shock. And it was it was obviously an, an emotional day at Parkhead when, when he was substituted and it was it was going to be his final game. And, you know, it's it's I compare it to Samaras solely because of West Brom. You know, Samaras there for seven, eight years, released, you know, his time has came to a natural end. He's about thirty, goes to West Brom, it doesn't really happen. And I think it's such a strange one because he's so missed by us, but mm-hmm. because of his fitness levels and because he's maybe a bit slow, it's hard to know where he fits in elsewhere in world football. Yeah. You know, he can be slow, he can be, you know, a sixty minute player in Scotland playing for Celtic, but you can't really do that in, in the English game because, you know, it's so fast-paced and, you know, you can go up and down and, you know, the, the financial risk there is just uh, off the charts. So, 
players like that, I think, always struggle to find a, find another club. Maybe he needs to drop a level, maybe, you know, Spanish or uh, the German league, you know, maybe one of those uh, lower league teams. Um, I'm not sure, but, you know, on his day, just an absolutely magical player and um, fantastic servant for Celtic. Deeply missed, but, you know, not 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 the worst time to move on. You know, I think he was 29 or 30 when he left, so these mm-hmm. things come to a natural end. But, you know, he'll be remembered fondly by us and, you know, good luck to him for the rest of his career. Yeah, definitely. There was talk before he went down to England about him going to Qatar. In fact, whilst he was at Celtic, there was a lined up, a deal lined up. I think maybe his uh, his partner didn't fancy it at the last minute. It was certainly going to be a lucrative move for him. We wish him all the best, Lawrence. He gave us some great memories. Listen, uh, I think he had his best season under under Ange. I think that was fun away his best season. Maybe not his best moment. You know, scoring the mm-hmm. that goal in the cup final uh, to sail another treble. Was there's that many travels, isn't there? You know, but uh, I think that was probably his best moment. But he obviously wanted to move on, and I think Jared spoke on here that it looked like he was lined up because Qatar was a Qatar was the season before, and then he stayed when Ange came in, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, he, he was lined up for a, a return home, and it didn't work out. Whatever in Australia, and I think that's what left him with nowhere to go. I think he'd already, you know. I think when someone decides they want to leave Celtic, that's it for Ange. You know what? You're out my plans, mate. I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm building something here and and you've indicated you're not part of it. So, yeah, all oh, absolutely loved him. Not least for his... Uh, maybe he's the first Australian to, to really put the, the press in a place, you know. What are you talking about? We've dominated for 10 years. <laughs> you know that word dominate, that word dominate gets, you know, thrown about quite a bit. And, yeah, apparently uh, if you won, what, won the league in 10 years... That's a dominant, <laughs> you know, it's just that's a, but that, that was a great press conference from Big, Big Roderick, so yeah, maybe it's it was. Australian. I know it was. We wish him all the very best. And uh, another midfielder I want to talk about, and I don't know if we'll see him tonight, we've already you know spoken about the possibility of a different partnership at center half for the reasons that Ange explained yesterday is David Turnbull. So you know, Patrick, you mentioned about the importance of Turnbull when Ange first came in. And I think right up to the semi-final against St. Johnson, wasn't it, where he gets injured? Or was it the final against Tibbs? I think it was the final. The final. The final yeah. And then after that, he's never really regained that regular position in Ange's team. He's a young player. I still reckon that in terms, you know, if David Turnbull's at any other club in Scotland, you're looking at him, right? He's, he's a talented, talented boy. Um, and actually at the weekend there against St. Mirren, I think at halftime I say to Peter, this is this is kind of built for David Turnbull to come on because sometimes where you can't break down a defence, you need that that guy who can score from 25 yards. That's what what he's good at. He said his moments this season, but we've we've barely seen him recently. Did you see him getting a, a bit of a run out tonight? Because again, if there's any injuries, he's a player that we might have to call on, not always as a starter, but potentially from the bench. Do you think he'll get a run out tonight? He certainly could do, yeah. He's he's a player I've always been a fan of. You know, when we didn't sign him the first time round in 2019, I was quite disappointed. Um, a, a few of my pals are Motherwell fans and they said that his career was over and stuff like this. You know, the injury was that bad. He's never going to be the same player. Came, It took him a, a full season to get back. Came back, um, played a couple of good games, uh, COVID hits, and then, you know, we go and sign him anyway, thankfully. And, you know, he doesn't really get in the team under Lennon for the first couple of months. And then, you know, the proverbial hits the fan uh, during the lockdown season where we end up 19 points behind in the space of about four weeks 
and uh, you know he comes in, Sorrow comes in, and the other bright sparks for a few months. And I think he won Player of the Year that year. And uh, obviously, as you say, I think he he started every competitive game under Ange that he could uh, until he picks up that injury. Um, I think he finished last season fairly strongly. I know he scored on uh, Trophy Day last year. Um, I, I don't know how much game time he got, but he was still in and around. But this season he's been. He's been, it feels like you know he's been a bit distant. He's not got a lot of game time, and you know he's one of those guys where a bit like Rogic, he's he's not the quickest player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the, the way that we want to play. You look at guys like O'Reilly, Hatati, quite quick pressing the ball, and you know especially Hatati, he's got that natural ability as well that Turnbull has. You know eye for a pass and stuff. So when you've got guys like that ahead of you, it's it's very hard to break into the team and. He could be, I think he's sort of earmarked as one that could maybe go in the summer. It just seems like a sort of natural end, you know, because it's, it's so hard to see him playing again unless we lose a number of key players in midfield. And, you know, he's one, not to put him in the short window, but if, if you want to give him a bit of game time and, you know, if other clubs are maybe watching, see what he can do and maybe get a fee for him. Um, as you say, you know, if he plays for any other team in Scotland, you're thinking, God, sign him, two, three million. Mm. You know, you're looking at guys like Duke and Van Veen this season, you think maybe a million or two, you can try and pick them up, see how they do. But Turnbull was, I mean, he was immense for Motherwell for 18 months before we signed him. And um, if it doesn't work out, I'll be quite disappointed. You know, he's had, he's had a, lot of, a lot of special moments, um, but it just seems impossible to see him getting back in the first 11. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, you know this. Uh, I looked at... Um... Lawrence, you were you were part of the stream last season. I've just been looking for the game. It was when we, we beat Hearts four one. You, me, and you and Martin were in the studio. We covered the game. I don't know if you recall that. And I remember after it, uh, we were talking about the plans for next season. Of course, you're looking ahead. What we're going to do next season. And you and I don't know if he's tuning in. I've not seen him in the comments yet. Big shout out to you and Martin. You and actually said something, and he got a lot of flack for it at the time. And it was around Turnbull not being a feature this season. And when he said it. I don't know, you and I maybe even disagreed with him, but certainly a lot of the commenters disagreed with him. But it has come to fruition. We're at that point now, a year down the line, where you're looking at that player and you think he is a talent. He'll be looking at his international um, you know, recognition that he's already got and hope that he can maybe be a regular, but he's never going to be a regular if he's not playing games. And he's also maybe looking at some of the, the players that he's played alongside who have gone elsewhere. And... You know, if he doesn't have that that game time, then he might be looking elsewhere. He might be a player, unfortunately, that we, we end up losing out on. Um, even though I, I really do value him and I rate him really highly, I think he can give us something at times that um, is required. But he doesn't want to be an impact sub, does he? No, he's wanting to... I suppose impact subs may be wrong. He's wanting to be one of that front six is getting rotated because we we, we we pull on all five subs but sometimes he's, some weeks or you maybe go a month without seeing him that's yeah. not that you know he's not part of the the core squad that you expect to see every week on the park that area of the pitch is maybe a bit like right back we could do with, I feel we could do with something different an upgrade in the attacking midfield position 
if that upgrade comes in, you know, I'd expect it to come in as a first team start starter. Where does that push David to? If he can, if he can start tonight, you know, if he plays tonight and does well, maybe you know that then gets you know, another couple of games and, and mm-hmm. he does well, he might come back into Angie's plans. But I've got a feeling he might get squeezed out, and not to do with his lack of talent. He's definitely a talented boy, but it's just I'd like to see him bringing in a first team starter for the attacking midfield position. That's going to push him further down. He then needs to think of his own career, doesn't he? And, and what's going to happen? Because if he didn't get a lot of game time this season, and we're bringing in a someone else that's would expect to start ahead of him, I would suggest he's probably going to get less next season. Yeah, maybe time to cash in on him. Uh, he's been decent for us. Has he been any more than decent? I'm not too sure. I don't think he's ever hit the levels of Hitati in terms of performance. He scored some cracking goals for us. Mm-hmm. I've never really seen, seen him uh, run a midfield for us. He's absolutely the dominant player in that midfield. No, I'm not seeing that. He's only 23. He's 23 years of age, and although he's played 35 games this season, a lot of the, the appearances have been off the bench. And I just think he's at that, that stage of his, his own career where he needs a lot more game time because I think he could. He could be that player, Lawrence, but he's not getting the game time to do it. You know, coming on with 16 minutes to go, um, expected maybe to pull a rabbit out of the hat. So it will be interesting, but let's see if he is uh, chosen to to play tonight. Joseph McGonagall, afternoon. Tonight, normal service will resume. Love the way Ange deals with them, talking, of course, about the, the media when he's asked daft questions. Tam Maxi, Tom Brodick has left West Brom. Sad it's not worked out for him. Absolutely, he left us with some phenomenal memories. And Joseph's back in. Please hit like to get Axom into the algorithm. Get it to people who don't know about it. And that's true, um, because obviously we've got a, a really um, loyal audience, and I thank every single one of you for getting involved, but it's nice to spread the word, and obviously we're doing that through the blog now as well, and we're doing it through live events. There are now seven tickets available for Jackie McNamara on Friday night. If you want to come along, you can buy one of those tickets. There might be one or two VIPs still available in the link underneath this video. Come along and speak to we, Jackie McNamara at Gracie's uh, in Glasgow. Really looking forward to that, the tickets have started flying again this week. I think it must be pay week or something. People are getting the getting their wages in, and uh, they want to come along and see a wee bit of it's live TV. action. The bets came in, mate. Maybe Which some one? people have bets <laughs> on. Uh, you know, the Toti Toti Cup. Maybe some. Oh yes. Or, or the bragging rights trophy. They've, oh, they've done a absolutely. double when I was losing it, and they've got some money in. What do we make then? Because what we've spoken quite a bit about the media. And I said at the top of the show, media is media. I'm not talking mainstream. I'm not talking alternative. There's good and bad. But there was there was uh, mention, McGregor, Callum McGregor has spoken about his aspirations for Celtic and European football. He's spoken about the fact that, you know, he believes that under Ange Postacoglu, he can, he can actually meet those ambitions at Celtic, which is phenomenal for a player like Callum because it looks as though he's going to end his career at Celtic. Lawrence, he's going to go down as one of the greats. He's been spoken about in the last week by former manager Neil Lennon as being a potential manager at Celtic, um, someone who might beat Bobby Lennox's honours record. 26 medals, I think, Bobby won at Celtic. And uh, Callum's got 19 going on 20. Uh, The appearance record, all this kind of stuff could be broken by Callum McGregor. And I I love to see it. Modern day. Um, icon and maybe looked back on as a legend. A lot of people don't like calling current players legends, but he's been talking about his European aspirations, Lawrence. And he was shot down in the press, not surprisingly. Um, but in terms of European aspirations, and you look at 
what Man City did to Real Madrid, for example, and what Real Madrid did to us. And I know we're not the finished article. What are our European aspirations? Is it a European final within the Tier 2 or Tier 3 tournament? Is that what we aspire to at the moment? So now, I think you've got to get in with a few plans. You know, if, if we're in the Champions League, I think Anne's just uh, qualify from the group stages. If we don't, then it's plan B. You know, then it's go as far as you can in that competition. I mean, what's achievable? You know, you only look across the city. Look what they've done. You know, they got to the European final. They had a, you know, there were superstars penalty kick away from, from winning it. So we know teams smaller than us can achieve that. So, you know, with smaller budgets than us. So there's no reason why we can't achieve it. So I think it's realistic for us to have two plans. I think Angel said, well, look, if we're in that Champions League group, we want to qualify. If we don't qualify, Next tournament again, we, we want to have an eye to winning it. I, I just talk, talk about his philosophy all the time because into every game he puts a team on the park that he thinks can win. You know, it's attacking football and he, th- he thinks that's the best way of playing football. Although, you know, when he first came, the Scottish media told him he didn't know what he was talking about. Even though, when you think about it, you know, he had 23 years as a winning coach developing, developing his philosophy, the Scottish media still said he didn't know what he's talking about. Some people mm-hmm. refer to him as lucky. But, you know, Cal Max definitely bought in here. And if he's believing it, you know, he's he's worked under a few decent managers, Callum. If he's got players believing that they can achieve something in Europe, you know, that's the first stage, isn't it? That's, it, that's the mentality. Yeah, absolutely. That's the mentality, Lawrence. And it's like, as soon as he says it, there is this other side of that mentality, Patrick, that says, no, you can't do that. You know, how dare you have an aspiration beyond winning something in Scotland? You can't do anything in Europe. And I think that when, yeah, we use the example, and Ange actually brought it up yesterday talking about the challenge. Well, the challenge we had this year was from a team who had won the Scottish Cup last season and who had got into a European final. Is that not a challenge? And that challenge has been weakened um, you know, considerably by the loss of five players. So when you look at what's happened previously um, in Scottish football in Europe, Patrick, and then you look at the situation that, that Ange has been in last season mainly, but also this season with regards where he, you know, he's, he's he's carrying a lot of players he didn't bring to the club. They're out on loan. He wants to get rid of them. And I've always said, you know, you know, you you transfer that all, the, all those wages and any money you can get in from them, and you put it into a pot and you bring in some real quality. So it's not about having this incredible pool of players. It's about having the quality um, of eighteen or nineteen players. Uh, that, that uh, you know, one drops out, the one that goes in, there's no drop in tempo or quality. And I think we can get to that. And if you get to that stage, then you're looking at a completely different beast in Europe. You imagine the quality of a Jota and Carter Vickers coming again this summer or the quality of Atati and Kyogo coming this summer and you add that to what we've already got, then that's going to benefit you in Europe. I don't see it as being an impossible pipe dream. No, not at all. Um, you know, the, you know, last season showed that. I mean, you, you've got to, no. Listen, th- that was a team that got in, incredibly lucky. I mean, they they really shouldn't have beat Dortmund or Leipzig in that run to the final, and eventually their luck ran out. Thank good, thank goodness. But uh, it is possible with a bit of luck. You know, I think it was. You know, there, there's maybe two games out of the eight knockout games that they played that they get lucky. So it shows that if you perform at your best. You only need a bit of luck and you can go quite far. Um, I discovered the other day uh, the, the new Champions League format, and I'm, I'm not sure you know, how well everyone's looked into this because it's certainly something that I never knew up until a couple of days ago. There's not going to be any drop-down from the group phase um, mm-hmm. 
or under the new format. So this next season is the last chance to drop down into the Europa League. Um, so in future, if we want to play Europa League football, it will have to be, you know, either finishing second or losing a qualifier or something like that. So we'd, you know, we're probably going to be in the Champions League group stages for quite a few years in a row, as long as we continue to win the league. Mm-hmm. But you know, apart from next season, we might not be in the Europa League for a long, long time. Um, so you know, it would be great to finish first or second in a Champions League group. I think it's. You know the way pot one and two look at the moment. It's you'd have to get the luck of the draw for that to be to be viable. I think I think third is where we should be aiming for and trying to go as far as you can in the Europa League because you know the the finals in Dublin next year and wouldn't that be quite romantic? Imagine that. You know uh, to 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 win the Europa League in Dublin um, to potentially become uh, the most successful team in Scotland in terms of trophies won. Uh, I think that'd be quite sweet. I've always said that we are more than capable of competing in the Europa League if we're at our best. I personally don't think in the nine or ten years I've had a season ticket, uh, we've had a, a better team. You know, I, it, it might be naive or I might be sort of living in the moment a bit to say that this team is better than Rogers Invincibles, but I think they are. I think you know the way that we play football, we look we look unstoppable at times, and you know I don't think we've had a better chance since Martin O'Neill to try and do something in Europe. So. I really hope we do do it next season because these chances don't come around every so often. I hope we do, and I hope that you know it's important to keep talking about it, uh, not just as fans, but bringing it up in terms of Callum McGregor talking about it. You know, if he says something, it's going to be noticed. That he spoke about wanting to date uh, to draw Real Madrid this season. You know, if you look back on the you know, pre-draw uh, interviews, he wanted Real Madrid, and that's because he just wanted to test himself at that level. He wanted Celtic to test ourselves at that level, and the important reason I think, the factor that you continually go on about it is. We had a, a wee chat about the Rivaldo thing before. What actually happened was we were in a, a situation there where O'Neill was no longer being backed to the same kind of level as he had been up to that point. And uh, Rivaldo really probably wasn't the answer. You know, it was a marquee signing. But he had been offered 40 grand a week by Bolton uh, to sign for Bolton. So that's the kind of figures we were talking about for these players. We then had a look at and had on trial Amoroso who, you know, had been a top goal scorer for Borussia Dortmund. He'd won the Bundesliga at Borussia Dortmund and he had cost in the region of 55 million euros over two transfers. He was going to be big, big money. And why didn't we take him on? Yeah, there was a an, a, an injury concern about his knee. But what it was is we no longer wanted to, you know, pump that kind of money into O'Neill's squad. Uh, and because we realised that in terms of the financials, Lawrence, it wasn't working in the balance sheet. But the way that we've done this is slightly different. And the way that we're doing, you know, the player recruitment so that we can sell at a profit, even if it's a Yakamakis where you're bringing him in slightly older, 27, we're still turning a profit on him, we're still turning a profit on Juranovic. And if we continue to do that over a period of two or three seasons and we get that quality every transfer window, then you build a team who are capable of competing at a higher level. I truly believe that. And it's great to hear uh, Callum McGregor, our esteemed captain, talking about it before we go. I want to get a few more comments coming up. Tim Anon, who does Turnbull replace? He's not better than the current starters. I don't disagree with that. I do think, though, that he's a player we should keep. Uh, Daniel Brown, best to keep Turnbull and get rid of Moy, reckons Daniel. Moy's 
time will come to a natural end, I think, through age. And Kaiser, welcome back to the show. Kaiser, I will miss the Turnbull tornado. He just turns in wee circles. He does. He's very good at that. Remember, Mick stayed on it in the New Year derby in the centenary season. Plays it down um, the right-hand side. Chris, Chris Morris. Morris. <laughs> and uh, you've got Andy Walker at the back post, but it doesn't make it that far because McAvenny knocks it away. Paul McLean, it's a performance Celtic need tonight, not just a win. It would be nice to get that performance. And Chill Pill, uh, showing Andrew with his guns out 23 and we are talking about him moving on that's just lunacy I think it's the length of his contract but we touched on things you know what we could win and a bit of luck uh, you know, the girls in green mate how unlucky you I know, know I know it was it was heartbreaking green, to see that it really was heartbreaking and of course Natasha interviewed Fran Alonso the day after the game that's also up on the blog. And he was the gutted. The day after it, mate. Oh, he was gutted. It, it, it really, you know, when the cheer, you know, in the stadium, you're aware it's now each and then six score and then you're eight. It's just... Absolutely. It was sickening. You know, I mean, that uh, Caitlin Hayes goal getting rolled off against Rangers now really has come back to haunt us, hasn't it? You know, because that was two points of a swing. But big, big shout out to Christina, who I met in Chapman's after the St. Nunn game, the day before, obviously, the girls in green, uh, who all... Always watches the shows, and uh, to yeah, a couple of people down from Oban for the girls in green as well. Avid followers of Axel, nice one, superb. Um, great to make your acquaintance. Hopefully, we see you at a future game or event. Um, if you want to come along and see Axel Friday night with Jackie, feel free to do so. A few tickets available, single figures now underneath the stream. It's always an absolute pleasure uh, to uh, be on the show, regardless of who comes to join me. But thanks everybody for tuning in again, 700 strong in the live stream. Um, it really is going to strength to strength and it's all thanks to you guys. Um, come back tonight, half an hour before kickoff, we'll be covering the Hibs game. Hopefully we do get that performance and we do get the result as well. All that's left for me to say, Lawrence Conley and Patrick McGilp, thanks for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.